What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the 17th episode of the Jim Jag Podcast, bringing you in with a little bit of Pink Floyd, another brick in the wall right there. A lot of college football teams today believe that they just added some more pieces to their brick wall. Uh, with National Signing Day being completed now, we've got lots of, uh, lots of huge days by local Florida teams. Uh, Obviously, Hunter's favorite team over here, Alabama, cleaned up. They set a new record with 20 top 300 ESPN players, and Hunter's disappointed with the class somehow. Yeah, it's just... Mm. And then Texas is over in the corner just hanging out. <laughs> For the first time ever, not didn't get a top 10 player in Texas. Wow. That's embarrassing. A top 10 player... In the state. Oh, from the state. Wow. Yeah. So, like, Texas A&M... Not Oklahoma, the country, not nationally... Just to stay. Everybody, but, everybody's just scamming on y'all. Yeah, Herman needs to get it together, right? Hmm. I guess it doesn't help when you lose one of the strongest recruiters in college football. Yeah, Charlie Strong. But you like know, that guy. It wasn't getting. It wasn't. The results of the uh, recruiting were not. Let's not bore these people with my misery. Yeah. <laughs> now the Gators, Hurricanes. Some Knowles fans will be disappointed by the way the day went, but Georgia too. Just some really strong days on National Signing Day. Rich got richer. They sure did. And uh, so we obviously brought you in with another brick in the wall. It relates to the 
National Signing Day puzzle, putting together that wall of uh, strong commits. And for more pertinent reasons, as this is a NFL and Jaguar podcast, the Gen Jag podcast, uh, we're looking at, you know, putting another brick in the wall that should be the Jaguars' offensive line in 2017. We're going to take a look at some uh, free agents that are unrestricted free agent offensive guards that could come in and help out with the Jaguars in 2017, sure up that line, get a little more protection for Blake Bortles, and most importantly, open up some holes for whoever's running the football uh, for the Jaguars in 2017. So we'll get into some guards that are free agents, unrestricted free agents. We'll take a look at our own unrestricted free agents and restricted free agents in Jacksonville. There's a long list of interesting players that we'll need to get into for that. We'll take a look ahead to the draft and we'll look at why Miles Garrett is widely believed to be the number one overall prospect and um, defensive end for that matter. And we'll take a look back at Tony Baselli, who has the opportunity to enter the Hall of Fame this weekend, this Saturday. We'll find out if Baselli will be a part of the 2017 NFL, or excuse me, Pro Football Hall of Fame class. Again, this is the Gen Jag podcast. Find Generation Jaguar online at genjag.com. We have all the latest news and analysis. We're working on a lot of good stuff for you guys coming up soon, so make sure to check them out. Genjag.com. Make sure to check out the Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar and the Twitter page at Generation Jag. You can find my co-host Scott Klein on Twitter at Scott Klein One. And of course, the man with many underscores, Hunter Evans, is on Twitter at Hunter underscore Evans underscore seven. You can find myself on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all at Jordan DeLugo. Uh, so we've got a fun show lined up today. Uh, it's kind of a dead period right now in terms of the Jaguars. We've got Super Bowl week going on. Obviously, that's exciting on a national from a national standpoint, but in terms of Jaguars, pure Jaguars, there's not a whole lot going on right now. Not until the, really, until the end of February when you get into the scouting combine and then the very beginning of March you get the opening up of the league year, which also means the opening up of free agency, which that's always a super exciting time for Jaguars fans. As most of you know, we've won several off-seasons in a row, <laughs> <I was about laughs> especially, especially in 2016, bringing over a guy like Malik Jackson, coming off of a Super Bowl performance in which he scored a touchdown as a defensive tackle. That's just, you don't see that every Super Bowl, so good for him on that. Uh, but yeah, we'll get into that. Um, so let's just start off with a little bit of an explanation of free agency. I know a lot of our listeners probably are already privy and understand what free agency is all about, but some of you might not. So there's three different types of free agents. And basically a free agent is a player whose contract is no longer um, no longer valid. The contract is over. Now there's three different types, like I just said. There's an unrestricted free agent. He has pretty much the most straightforward free agency process out of anyone. Yeah, he's, he's available not, He's he, available for anyone to sign. He's not under contract. He's basically just a man floating in the wind. Right. Any team can sign him. Uh, and there's no the team that he played for prior does not have any sort of advantage in retaining him. 
And so that switches once you get into restricted free agency. Restricted free agency can be very confusing. Uh, essentially, at its basics, a restricted free agent um, can go out and sign a contract with any other team, but the team that he played for last has the right to match that contract offer, and they also have the right to place a tender on the player, which would mean uh, not only would a new team have to outbid the former team for the player, but they'd also have to give up a draft pick based on the tender. There's first-round tenders, second-round tenders, and there's also original draft position tenders, which just means wherever that player was originally drafted, that's the draft pick that you would have to give up to get that player from the team that uh, he played for the prior season. And then there's exclusive rights free agents, which really, there's nothing free about them at all. These guys, uh, their contract is up, and the team that they played for in 2016 can re-sign them to a one-year deal that the player has to um, the player has to accept the deal. They don't have any other options. And if the team doesn't give them that one-year deal, then they simply move on and can become regular free agents and be signed by anyone. Which is probably why you don't see that a lot. Right. And a lot of exclusive rights free agents are young players uh, coming off their first contract. A lot of them are undrafted. Same with restricted free agency. A lot of the guys you'll see as restricted free agents are now late-round picks. Um, so that leads us to where we want to focus our attention today, which is the Jaguars' offensive line. It was subpar in 2016, uh, at least in terms of run blocking. It certainly improved as a pass-blocking unit for Blake Bortles uh, in his third year, but the run blocking was terrible uh, for much of the season. Now, our resident coach, Hunter Evans, he believes that it wasn't all on the blocking, that the runners were certainly not finding all the holes that were there for them to find. To me, absolutely. It's like, not even close. No, I mean, I you, yes, you have to blame the guys up front at some point, but, I mean, if you go back and watch film especially when you get and actually get to watch that behind-the-line film, the, the end zone camera, you can see that the running backs just weren't choosing holes. They were almost predetermined holes. And in the style of offense that they were trying to run with that zone scheme that we've talked about before, you just can't do that. Like The holes developed slow. Yeah. In a gap scheme, if you're running power or counter, you know, some kind of lead concept – you know where you're going. You know where the hole's supposed to be. So that's where you're going. <clears throat> then you have rules, obviously, that change, but it's all based off that hole. In the zone scheme, it's kind of pick or choose. Like, uh, Arian Foster made yeah. a living uh, off of it in Houston. Off of vision. Yeah, and Lamar and Miller's cuts. doing it, and some of those guys. Quick cuts, putting one foot in the ground, choosing your hole, and going. And making the guys in front of you right. And that's one thing that yeah. I've taught running backs that run the zone is you make the guys in front of you right. If you get tackled behind the line, part of it's on you because you didn't make them right. Yes, we talked to the offensive line, obviously. but Right. I mean, it's, you, a, it's really a symbiotic relationship. It, yeah, exactly. It's very symbiotic. One can't go right without the other going no. right. It's, it's exactly. not so much pointing them in a direction. It's 
putting as speaking of the running back, it's putting them in a position to make a correct to make a couple different decisions, some more correct than others. Um, it's it's a lot more thinking uh, for the running backs that we have. Doesn't seem like that's really the strong suit. Maybe too much thinking. It's, you know, it's 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 a scheme that you have to. It's hard to coach, really. It's, mm-hmm. it's you have to kind of teach somebody instead of coaching them that intellect and that that forethinking of where I should be going, seeing stuff develop. Which for a lot of guys, that's just not natural. No, it's not natural. Yeah, so for, that's for some guys, it is. Which is well, I mean, look that's at what you want. Chris Ivory came from the Jets, and they're a base power team like they're gonna run downhill downhill um tj yeldon came from alabama they're gonna be base downhill their power schemes all a gap a gap Mm -hmm. a gap anything towards the tackles is you know and you can see and you can see him dancing and kind of hesitate on anything outside yeah but then you look at a guy like Corey grant who got in later and you could see it it was almost it was obviously he wasn't getting you know 150 yards game but it was a little more fluid with his steps. Everything about mm-hmm. it was seemed a little more simple, and that's because Auburn does run outside zone a right. good amount, or even inside zone. Um, so I don't blame the offensive line solely. I don't blame the running back solely. But and but you would agree that the offensive line does have room for improvement. Yes, and my room for improvement is not the guard or center right now. It'd be the tackle position as a whole. Could okay. be you beef up the tackle in the outside zone. If you run a gap scheme... Well, there's no telling what type of scheme they're going to be that's running. That's the problem. But just going off of what we know from last mm-hmm. year, you beef up the inside interior for you know power scheme, gap scheme. Because that's where you go. Because, yeah. That's where you live. Well, a lot of pulling guards, a lot of stuff yeah. like that. Um, and you have better mm-hmm. tackles on an outside zone scheme because they got to be able to get reach blocks and hook the defense bend. Um, and now, I know that if you watch film, we run a lot of pin and pull concepts where the tackle or a tight end is blocking down, and we are now pulling a tackle or a guard outside in the space. So a lot of the guys that we're going to be looking at, most like if I were going to say we're doing a zone scheme again, outside zone, we're going to need athletic guards and tackles. You don't need big maulers. Jeremy Parnell's a mauler. Yeah. Probably not the best idea of a guy you want there. You want someone who's kind of light on their feet, Luke Jogel, but somebody who's athletic. I mean, Calvin Beecham proved to be fairly athletic yeah. last year. Yeah. So, and that look at Linder, fa- fairly athletic. athletic. Yeah. AJ Can, fairly athletic. You know, Bowenko, all the guys that they've picked have kind of been pigeonholed into that mm. athletic offensive line. And Absolutely. I, w- I would expect some of the same. That's very interesting. Uh, obviously, Wherever they decide to go with the scheme they're going to be running will impact who they're going to be looking at. Um, Now, most experts would definitely disagree with you in terms of uh, that the offensive line was good enough in 2016. I think it was certainly good enough as a pass-blocking unit to be a productive passing game. The running Again, game came along quite a bit after hacking. And it, d- it absolutely did. And I, I do think that this offensive line needs something more than what they had in 2016. And that's why we're going to look at a few guards that if the Jaguars are able to uh, land one of these guys... It could greatly improve the running game in 2016. 
Now, before we get into those guards, let's take a look at the current starting offensive line, which Hunter brought up a, n- a number of those guys. But at left tackle, you've got Kelvin Beecham. He's going to be the left tackle in 2017, everyone assumes, mm-hmm. even though that's not guaranteed yet. Uh, I think he earned it Yeah, over the last year. Yeah, he earned it. He played through his injury all year, yeah. and uh, he should only be better moving forward, hopefully more like the 2014 and prior versions of him that you saw in Pittsburgh. Now, A.J. Cam was a starting guard for the Jaguars in 2016. He was a third-round draft pick in 2014. Um, He really didn't improve. And, in fact, it seemed like he might have regressed a little bit. And he was starting at left guard, which is not his natural position. His natural position is right guard. Hunter, how much do you think that really can affect a player? Uh, a lot. A great deal. Uh, it's beyond a great deal. I thought it's he, unreal. I, he, he was the right guard. Oh, mom, uh, Excuse me. Joe Did I say he was the left guard? Correct. Okay, so AJ can, in 2016, right guard. His natural primary position. natural position is left sure. guard. That's where he played at South Carolina in college, and that's where he started for the Jaguars yeah. originally. Now, after... The Jaguars moved Linder to center. They put Can over at right guard, hoping that Can could, uh, you know, fill in for Linder, and he really didn't fill in very well at all in 2016. So then you've got Linder at center, mm-hmm. and he's a the cornerstone of the Jaguars' offensive line. He's their best player. Uh, he might be the best player on the whole team. Yeah. In all honesty, he's up there. He's definitely one of the top five players now and moving forward for the future. Um, then at right guard, you don't know if it's going to be Can or if Can's going to be back at left guard, how that's going to work in 2016, I mean 2017. And you've also got Jeremy Parnell, which fans and analysts might not love Parnell, but it seems like the Jaguars do like him based on everything that they've said and everything they've shown with, you know, not pulling him at all when he gets whipped by D Ford. Oh, I was gonna I was uh, just you know, about to bring that. There's all sorts oh, of reasons man. to believe that the Jaguars do, in fact, want to move forward with Parnell. Um, so that the only question mark really is at guard. Um, is Can going to be guaranteed a starting job at either left or right guard? Is there going to be a new guy brought in at guard? So that's why we're going to look at some unrestricted free agents. Again, unrestricted free agents are guys that any team can go out and acquire, throw as much money as they want, and they have no restrictions in terms of signing him. And these guys will get money. Yes, all, all, all four of these guys that we have for you are going to get paid well. Um, and they're all guards, uh, and they all would be big improvements based on what the Jaguars saw from their guard play in 2016. TJ Lang is easily the most uh, known quantity of these guys. He's 29 years old now, which wouldn't exactly fit into the mold of what the Jaguars have been trying to do with their free agent signings. They've been trying to go, I would I would say, 27 and younger, yeah. 28 and younger. They have broken that rule. They broke it for Parnell. Uh, you know, so it's not guaranteed that they wouldn't go for a 29-year-old. But TJ Lang, is, he's, he's a stud guard. He's been one of the best guards in the NFL for years. Uh, he's Green Bay Packers, they traditionally have one of the best offensive lines in football. 
And this is a guy who would be a plug-and-play. You grit, If you go get him, you're paying him a lot of money. Yep. Probably in the ballpark of $10 million a year, which is a lot. But the Jaguars are going to have over $50 million in cap space by the time free agency does roll around. Which, again, I think I forgot to mention this, but... Free agency officially starts March 9th, 2017. However, the legal tampering period starts 48 hours before that, on March 7th. So you will start to see reports of teams and players agreeing to deals start rolling in March 7th, 8th, 9th. And on the 9th, things can actually become official. So again, um, we're looking at these guards here that the Jaguars could pursue then there's Kevin Zietler, or Zeitler, however you want to pronounce it. I'm sure there's a correct one. I'm not sure what it is. <laughs> however you say it, it, <laughs> it, it stands for good football player. That's oh right. Oh, my goodness. He's another stud guard from Cincinnati, and unlike Lang, he completely fits the age profile that the Jaguars go after. He's only 26 years old. He's also a plug-and-play type guy. These guys both ranked in the top 10, Lang and Zietler, or Zeitler. And pro football focuses guard rankings, and they're guys that can do it all. They, yeah. They're the consummate professionals at guard. They're exactly what you want your starters to be. Um, and TJ Lang, I think it'll be pretty difficult to get a hold of. I think Zeitler will be too. He's, he's said that he wants to stay in Green Bay. It's yeah. going to be, he's going to have to take. A hometown, he's going to have to have a hometown discount. Right, which because, Green Bay is good at getting those things yeah. done if they need to get them done. Zeitler uh, uh, is actually, uh, if you follow Joe Goodberry on, on Twitter, is a, he's a Bengals fanatic. He's also just an excellent NFL resource to follow. Doesn't Has made um, points where Cincinnati doesn't like to pay their inside uh, linemen. Very well. Um, they tend to just focus based on, on principle. They're focusing correct. on their they focus money on, the on other things. Yeah. They focus on the outside of the line and then um, draft the inside and let them develop and take over for more expensive players like that. Right. But in that same vein, Zeitler's Zeitler is already making eight million dollars a year, and he's going to get a pay raise. Yeah, he's going to be probably he could be the highest paid guard in football after free agency. Absolutely, there's so no it, question. It, it's a possibility. I think it's more of a possibility than T.J. Lang, but either of those guys, you will absolutely do a backflips over if you get them on your football team. Yeah, they're like, we have an all-pro. Mm-hmm. That's what you want. When you can make a splash on the offensive line, not at left tackle, it's going to make your football team better. Yeah. Now there's two more guys we want to look at, um, and there's plenty of other guys Uh, The best resource for looking at contracts and restricted and unrestricted and all these free agents is spotrack.com. You can either just Google whichever guy you want to look at and then put contract afterwards or just go to spotrack and find the guys that way. Um, Great resource for finding free agents and all sorts of uh, details about contracts that are going on in the NFL. And I think they do it for the other professional sports too, but... For our purposes, NFL's all that matters. Now, again, we're going to go into two guys here that they would be upgrades for the Jaguars, I believe, but they might not be that guy you know is going to be an all-star. You would classify them as average to above average. Yeah. Which to the Jaguars would be an upgrade. Right. Absolutely. Now, Larry Warford, 
He is a guard from Detroit, 25 years old. That is coming off his rookie contract, I believe. Right. So uh, that's a guy that could be a huge help for the Jaguars. What do you think about Warford? Um, he's a guy that Mike K has said he that's the guy he wants. Really? And he yeah, and. In case you're unfamiliar, Mike K is a uh, Jaguars beat writer for First Coast News, um, and by all means, he's he's a, a bit inconsistent. He had a, a bit of a down year this year, which could explain why he's maybe going to get onto the market. Because mm-hmm. when you're coming off a rookie year and you're not getting signed, it tends yeah. to raise a couple questions. Absolutely. Um, but by all means, it looks like he's going to get to the market. Jeff Risden, um, uh, NFL reporter. Um, has stated Detroit's not going to be bringing him back. Now, wow. he's got his sources. Um, he seems confident enough to put that out there. Um, it, it looks like he probably will hit the, the free agent market, um, but he was Detroit's most consistent offensive lineman um, for the, uh, the, the few years he started. He started since day one, um, and that's including a couple first-round picks in Riley Reef and right. Taylor Decker, I believe it was. Um, so it's, it's, he's a bit inconsistent, but when you can get a young guy like that, who has, shows the potential to be a a solid football player and not be a liability, I mean, it's something where you got to take a look at. (laughs) Absolutely. I mean, guy's a couple years older than most first round picks, you know? Uh, and he's a guy that has proven himself. Uh, he's obviously not in the elite class yet, but uh, he could be. A couple more years of healthy and consistent play. Just let Doug Marone get his hands on him. <laughs> That's right. You know, Doug Marone will no longer be the offensive line coach for the Jaguars as he's the uh, head coach now. But uh, the offensive line coach that they brought in, Flaherty, he has just a sterling reputation for uh, not only grooming offensive linemen, but really finding what they do best and letting them focus on that. So uh, the last guy we want to look at that's an unrestricted free agent this year is Ron Leary. He's from Dallas. He's only 27 years old. He's more kind of in the caliber of Warford, kind of that uh, that group of guys, than he is TJ Lang or Kevin Zeitler. But uh, he's another guy that would be a huge get. He's from Dallas. We could go get our second. Well, actually... That would be the third Dallas offensive lineman. If you count Bernadette. Well, you do. Yeah. He was a free agent signing. Yeah. <laughs> he was there very long, but... <laughs> he was there. So that would be the third straight year that the Jaguars decided to sign a former Dallas Cowboy offensive lineman. And if Leo Collins wasn't there, we might not be talking about him because he might be locked up. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so Leary is a talented guy. Um, again, more in the vein of Warford than Zeitler or Lang, but any of these guys, these four guys that we just mentioned, uh, could absolutely be um, could absolutely be Jaguars in 2017. And Scott's just bringing this up to me. Ron Leary did not allow a sack in 2016, but run blocking was technically his strength. Yeah, so, that that shows you what kind of player he could yeah. be. He allowed, I think it was 21 pressures, but didn't give up a single sack, and that wasn't even the strong suit of his game. Absolutely. 
That's pretty impressive, man. I mean, you think about a guy known for run blocking that doesn't give up a sack all year. Oof. I mean, I know I know there's no Jaguars offensive lineman that played significant time that can say that. <laughs> well, almost. <laughs> Beecham almost did it, but other than that. Yeah, I mean, but even he got his – he had his bad days this year too. Yeah. Who didn't? Um, so now out of these four guys, I think <clears> – <throat> Lang and Zeitler are obviously the guys that anybody would be super happy to have. I think Warford and Leary are more realistic. Mm. They sound like Jaguar-type um, moves. Um, I still just got to wonder, though, if we're going to be seeing the same strategy in free agency with Tom Coughlin around and Doug Marone around now. I kind of think Coughlin might be that guy who's like, Warford and Leary are good. They're both good, solid players. Let's go get an all-pro. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go get TJ Lang or Kevin Zeitler and just make them very rich men and dominate on the line of scrimmage next year, not build for the future. Now, Dave Caldwell's the build for the future guy, so it's going to be an interesting dynamic what we see. Uh, what do you think about these four, Hunter? Do you have an opinion on who out of these guys you would like to see most or who makes the most sense for the Jaguars? I I probably have an unpopular opinion. Luke um, Jokel. I, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to him. I mean, we didn't mention them specifically, but yeah. And I kind of I guess I got to backtrack a little bit before I get into okay. my um if you look at if you split the year with what you had with our two offense coordinators prior to Hackett being the guy, the run game was very stagnant. Right, and then as Hackett no was there and started to progress, there started to be a lot more improvement in the run game. At least, it appeared to be. I mean, there um, was. There's no question. And I think if you look back, Hackett's use of the tight end changed from how we used them with Olsen. With Olsen, they weren't used very much as blockers. Try to be Julius Thomas, all you know, whatever. He's not a blocker. And then with Hackett, you see. You know, four-man surfaces with a tight end and a wing and, you know, two, three tight end sets and all this stuff, which gives a lot of help and stability to those guys inside. So that probably helps a lot. When you're not out on an island, that definitely helps. Um, so you got to take that into consideration. Um, with the guards, I don't want any. That's don't want any of them. I mean, I'll take them. But no I don't, guard. I don't Three think offensive linemen this year. With, you heard the it first. Gu- with the guard in the center, I don't think you overstretch at that position. I think that's a position, if it falls in your lap, you take it. Go ahead. Um, the interior line, I just have never been a similar like we were talking about the Bengals. Like, I don't want to stretch out too far with those guys because they are such a come-and-go kind of position. Like, there aren't many guards that are in the league for 10, 12 years consistent. It's such a hit-or-miss position because of how injury-prone that position can be. I mean, you get your knee caught, ankle caught, everything. But you could say that about any position. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely can. It's when you're in the meat of those trenches. Like, there's, yeah, there's a it's lot It's such of... a wear on the body. Yeah. So um, that's why I don't like the stretch. But I know two playoff teams from this year that might disagree with you. <laughs> now, the Atlanta Falcons transformed their offensive line in one fell swoop by adding and, Alex yes. Mack. And he completely changed the way that offensive line played. Not by himself, but at the, as the center, he had a dominant year. And then you go out to Oakland, 
they've rebuilt their offensive line through free agency Whoa. masterfully, getting Kalecio Semele, and then the year before getting Hudson from Kansas City. So obviously, there's two different ways to do it. There is. I mean, well, yeah, like, okay, so with Atlanta, you pick up a center. That's pretty much the quarterback of the it's offensive line. It's the most important. Line. Uh, maybe outside the left tackle. An all-pro center completely changes the offensive line probably more than any other position. Uh, with Oakland, they literally just added a bunch of damn Clydesdales to the offensive line and said, <laughs> if you can get through, good luck. Like that's that's So if we do that, I'm fine with that. But I'm looking at like a team like Seattle, for instance. Seattle, for a while, had Drew Novak starting on their guard, on the, as an offensive guard. Yeah. And I don't know if y'all remember him. We picked him up as, he was a, a, defensive tackle? as a defensive tackle <laughs> yeah. from Western Michigan and converted him to an offensive lineman. Cut him, and then he was starting you know, in the playoffs for the Seahawks. So um, I would say go with you know Leary or uh, what's the other guy's name? Um, Warford. Warford. You know, save a dime here Not and there. Not mega contracts. Yeah. Like, don't blow $10 million a year, $11 million. And <clears throat> I think we were joking about it earlier. I still think a guy like a Chance Warmack, a guy that could be a good hit because he's in a new scene. Alabama player alert. <laughs> I'm just like, like you, that's a position that if you can sign a guy on a budget for a decent contract, he comes in, competes with the guys we have. I mean, there's no harm, no foul. How, a question. How how many all pros do the Jaguars have? Right now? Right now. Like on the roster or last year? There's no qualifications, just right now. Right now? There's, how many there's... how many all pro and let's not even say all pro. Let's say Pro Bowl uh, caliber. Pro Bowl caliber players are on the Which Jaguars. Which is a much how lower. Pro Bowl caliber players are just on the roster. Correct. Yeah. I got think Lender. I think you are we just talking about offensive line or the no, entire team? In general. Oh, I'd say Lender, easily. Beecham. Could be a, a yeah. Pro Bowl caliber. Yeah. Um, Robinson, Robinson. Mar- uh, Marquise. Well, that's um, a stretch. I don't. I don't agree that that's a stretch at all. Um, he's the. St- two, I think Marquise Lee is the second best receiver the Jaguars have. I, uh, How many second best receivers make it to the Pro Bowl? Uh, that's not if, the question. The question is: Is he Pro Bowl caliber? I believe he is. Uh, okay. Let's not get caught up on Sorry. this. Uh, so that's probably only offense. You go to the defense. You got Jalen Ramsey. Absolutely. Telvin Smith could be. He's playing. Yes, he's Pro Bowl caliber. Puzlosny's old, yep. but plays Pro Bowl caliber. caliber. You got. Um, well, now we're I, flooding through with with the Pro Bowl. No, but to well, Sean, are, but look, the, the point I don't think the Deshaun point I'm trying to make the point I'm trying to make is that when you can have a top five player at a certain position on your team, is yeah. it something to scoff at? No. If it doesn't interrupt your future plans. Because you have $50 million to spend and you can afford it, do you buy a top five player at any position on the football field? Uh, to me, I, I will not turn away a good football player if I see one. And if it makes if it makes a, I'm not talking about it's I'm just, gonna sign so I'm gonna sign a, the best hunter in the league. No, it's just it's very tough. Like you gotta think about like these guys inside the inside the building, the coaches and those guys, you don't know how they feel about the guys they already have, like I don't have to worry about that. I don't work. That's yeah. That's me. Me looking at the situation. If I see a guy, Kevin Zeitler's my guy. He's if, if he makes the eleven million dollars a year on a guard. I'll okay, and then you still have over forty salary. million dollars in cap. I agree. The salary just, cap's going up. That's what. That's what I'm the, just thinking. Kaliki about eleven million, million made what thirteen million guard. This is good. 
I'm gonna interject as the uh, <laughs> the moderator, the moderator <laughs> here, and I'm gonna give the point to Scott. That's. I mean, I'm sure. Get good football players. Now when, look, when if team, the Jaguars had 30 million in cap space or 20 million in cap space. You can think about, oh, well, maybe this guy would really affect our long-term sustainability. There is not a single player in free agency that will affect the Jaguars' long-term sustainability in, or, in terms of signing young players that, are, that they draft, which they will have to do plenty of that in the future. There's not one guy. And to me, it's more of if you're not getting better, then... You're not going to keep up. Well, with you're the not getting game. better. You're getting worse. That's just yeah. that's how it is. But my like, I understand. I I know the idea of having an all pro guard, like a dude at guard, would be awesome. And it makes the other people on the line better because you can trust the guy on your shoulder. You don't have to worry about getting beat on the inside. You can commit more fully to another area. The and and it's just it's a it's a ripple effect now. I will say, if you go out and you spend $10, 11000000 million a year on a, a Zietler or um, whoever, TJ Lang, whoever you want to buy, you probably have to go into the draft and be ready to put something behind him. you got to go in looking at a Dalvin Cook or a Leonard Fournette. Yeah. The reason I say that is because if you're going to spend that much money on the offensive line. To me, it's protecting the quarterbacks the main issue. You, but the cor- not okay. Not saying that's our biggest problem, but a quarterback's going to win you more football games than a running back will. I, I agree, but if you don't have a run game, the quarterbacks it makes it that much harder. No matter what. So oh, Scott's talking to his phone <laughs> over serious, here. John serious, yeah, serious. <laughs> Siri wants to put her voice in this one, but it's just. I guess I'm more about keeping that equilibrium for all positions similar. Like, if you overstretch at a position and that one position is just so much better than the people playing around them, it doesn't always add up. There's that, that difference is so great that you can almost – it makes a good player look not as good because the guy next to him is that much better, if that makes sense. Like, it can work both ways. Mm-hmm. But with the offensive line, it's just – it's tough and it – Ah, agree to disagree. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's what we're. That's, that's what we're why here. we're all here. And uh, again, you're listening to the Gen Jag podcast. You can find us online at genjag.com. Uh, all the latest news and analysis is up on the site. Check it out. You've also got Gen Jag on Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar, and on Twitter at Generation Jag. Um, so, we've had some fun talking about the offensive line here. Obviously, we've got some big disagreements going on with that. We're going to move into our in-house free agents. We're going to do a little bit of buy or sell, which we got that idea from our uh, awesome contributing writer, whose name is Andy Choynowski. You can follow him on Twitter, at AndyChoy570. Um, so, we'll go ahead and, since we've been talking about the offensive line, we'll start with our... Uh, offensive linemen that are coming up to be free agents. We'll start with the unrestricted free agents. The biggest name is obviously Luke Jokel. Uh, I believe I know Hunter would like to keep him. He's 25 years old. He's not going to cost an arm and a leg based on his production so far this year. And I mean, excuse me, so far in his career. And um, he's a guy that has continuity with 
the coaching staff, obviously aside from the O-line, but, you know, the offensive coordinator and the former offensive line coach, now head coach, uh, Doug Marone. Now, uh, Scott, how do you feel about keeping Jokel? Um, questionable? I mean, how many... How, you could go either my, way. My only... The only thing that makes me hesitate is we saw a few games of him at, a, at guard, and that's it. And he looked like he could handle the position. I agree. But it's, it's something where it's such a small sample size that who knows? It's, 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 really, uh, it's really just you have to look back and see, is there room for improvement? Because you, you would expect a guy moving to a new position to, over the course of a season, be able to pick up on the nuances and perform better or just not grasp it at all. But we don't have that luxury. Yeah. So if you can get him at a reasonable rate, I would have absolutely no problem bringing him back. Now, I believe Luke Jokel's status will directly affect whether or not the Jaguars are interested in signing a more expensive guard in free agency. Uh, For me... I don't think you go sign an expensive guard and bring back Luke Jokel. Yeah. So you have to probably make a decision. My decision is get someone else. Get a known commodity. Yeah. That's what I, yeah, I agree. That's my decision. Now, if you can do both, I'm all for it. But is it Luke, if it's Luke Jokel versus Hitler? Well, yeah. Let's be real. Let's fork out the extra six mil a year, whatever it takes. Because, you know, Luke Jokel, he'll be cheaper than those guys, but he's not going to be a million dollars a year, two million dollars a no. year. He's probably going to cost you about five, I yeah. would guess, at least. And you're not going to put $15 million yeah. into one position. Right. So um, that's a big decision. Now, this, I, I'm really interested to hear what Hunter thinks. Tyler Shatley and Josh Wells are both um, restricted free agents. So the Jaguars can match any deal that they're offered. I think that... Both guys should be in Jacksonville in 2017. They are both 25 years old. They're both guys that, I wouldn't say they're foundational pieces, but they're definitely both guys that um, the Jaguars have relied upon in the past and that they're young enough to improve and that they've shown that they can come in and fill fill in for a guy who's injured. What do you think? Um, I'd say Shatley first would be my yeah, first Shatley. go-to. Yeah, Because um, he's at every position. He could do whatever you need him. Um, Josh Wells has shown promise. I mean, 25 years old for both those guys. If you can keep him for cheap, great. But it just depends on what the you know the offer is and what we put as whatever the compensation would be for losing him. But yeah. it's... First round tender. Yeah. Where are you at? <laughs> uh, I mean, they're both good players, and they're both guys that could be swing players at most positions. Um, so keep them if you can. Just don't spend too much again. So. I don't think they'll have to either. No. I don't, I don't think, think either so. guy's going to be offered a you, mega contract. I don't think you'll be, the teams won't be fighting. Over no, these I guys. think the only one that would people teams would probably really inquire about would be Shatley. Because Just because of that versatility, a swing guy. and they would have to make a serious con, uh, a serious offer yeah. for us not to to match it. I would think so. And again, it, like you were talking about, it depends what they want to do with Jokel yeah. and how Absolutely. interested they are at signing a big name guard. So there's a lot of things that you know just have to fall into place. So now that we're out of our offensive line quagmire, 
Never talk about the <laughs> offensive line again. <laughs> All right. We can move on to the rest of our in-house free agents. We're going to quickly go through them. We don't need to get too in-depth. Although, one of the more interesting ones is a guy who was only in Jacksonville for, at this point, not even a full 12 months. Prince of Mukamara, 27 years old, starting cornerback. Not a guy that picks the ball off a lot, but he's a guy that can play some consistent coverage for the most part. Um, And he's a guy that can allow Jalen Ramsey to be Jalen Ramsey. Now, do we want him back? Do we want him back at a certain price? What are we looking at? Bye. I say bye. Are you saying bye to him? Uh, No, I say bye bye. No, I say (laughs) throw the money. That's a good statement. Buy or buy. Don't sell. Buy. To me, you can never have too many people defending against quarterbacks, whether it's pass rushers or whether it's guys breaking up passes. You he won't be out of this world expensive. You can always. He might be close to ten though. That would. I was thinking he's going to be more like seven. To eight. If he's seven to eight, I think it's def- definitely you bring him back. That's, that's I think you bring him back on a two, three year contract. It's a guy you know can play the position. It's a guy that gives you some kind of stability. Who knows what Colvin's going to do? Who knows what we could get in the draft? You just never know. So a guy like Prince of Mukamura, who's a proven veteran, other than some injuries, but did a decent job last year holding down the side of the field, is a guy that you can spend a little bit of money on just to know you have some stability on it's a door you can shut and worry about you know all the other leaks we have to me i would i would sign him in the hopes of drafting a developmental guy that i would in two or three years be replacing him with that's that's my take on it i wasn't blown away with him um a lot of people weren't uh i think he's more than solid as your number two corner and i think he's definitely a guy the jaguars should keep around again at the right price under eight mil, I would think. Yeah, yeah, if you can get him for eight or under, there's no reason you don't. Anyone paying more than ten million dollars for a guy who's been injury prone is, whew. Now, for me, our second most interesting unrestricted free agent is Jonathan Cyprian. He had his best year as a pro in 2016, according to Pro Football Focus. He was a top ten safety. Uh, He obviously played very well in the box. He was allowed to play in the box based on the addition of Tashawn Gibson, who would just play the deep middle. Uh, This is going to be very controversial either way it goes. People are going to be mad on both sides. He's 26 years old. This is going to be his second contract. What do we think? Are we single high or too high? That's your answer. Exactly. To me. What's if, the if we come in with a too high seat system, you probably might start looking elsewhere. There was a lot of buzz that there was going to be it, um, it was, that Wash was thinking about sticking with a four three under. Yeah, I'm, that's been reported that he probably is going to do that on defense. Well, a four three under doesn't mean single. And that has right four but three under, under just means you're playing a one tech to the strength. Well, it would suggest that that there would be a safety at least. Coming up, you're relying. You're we at least, can, we you're at least relying on the strong safety to play more run support. Correct. Yes. With the four three hundred, which is exactly what the Jaguars similar. have done yeah. in years past. But the difference of a true single high and two high, like yeah. you just got to look at that. I mean, like if we're staying with single high, like Gus Bradley wanted, then you probably keep a Jonathan Cyprian. It's, it's a no brainer. Like why not? 
Look at what he did last year. Yeah. If we're going to a two high, you'll probably start looking elsewhere. Yeah. Maybe see keep him around if you can for a decent price, but the two high is where it really starts to get fuzzy. I yeah. Think, with a Jonathan Zipperian. For me, I'm with you. I think you stick with what you've been doing because it worked very well in 2016 with not even all the right parts yet. Yeah. Uh, I think you keep Cyprian, uh, which is just crazy to think compared to what I would have said to that a year ago. But I think you keep Cyprian. Uh, I think you let him roll, use use the same, same type of uh, position for him in 2017. Keep him in the box for the most part, obviously. And, you know, just let him lay the wood. My heart stops when he's on a tight end. You don't want to see it. You don't. <laughs> it's you really awful. don't. I'm with you. Now, we've got a couple more really interesting guys because they're guys that have been big contributors. Tyson Aluwalu, former first-round pick for the Jaguars. Ooh. He's 29 years old now. He can play pretty much every position on the defensive line. Uh, he can play all of them at least well. <laughs> Maybe not nearly an elite status, but... He's not going to be costing you any games where wherever he's lined up. Or what do we really, think? He he won't be a guy. Uh, to me, he won't. There's there's not a huge market for him. No, they're not. But it means unrestricted. If you Roy Miller will be healthy, hopefully. But Roy Miller, Sheldon Day, uh, Malik Jackson, Avery Jones, Michael Bennett, Michael Derek Bennett, Marks. and Derek Marks. Does Alualu jump in front of any of them? No, but he's a body. But you just named And he's six. a guy that's position versatile. Correct. I agree. Not who all those play, guys are position Who can play versatile. behind Audric? How many people can play behind Audric? At that elephant right end. I mean, I agree, but you got six defensive tackles. Like, he's a defensive tackle-ish. But saying he's a swing guy and making him that seventh on the actual roster defensive tackle, that's Not a stretch. Yeah. I mean, that's a lot of guys. Especially, like, who, who would be the defensive ends? Like, come Well, in my ideal system... JPP and Unique. Yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. In my ideal system, screw the elephant end. Yeah, I agree. You get two guys that can rush the passer on the end. Mm-hmm. So then, Alawala is gone. There's no doubt about it. Okay. That's that's if if, if you're playing two yeah. pass rushers, if you line up a Dante Fowler and a Yannick on each side, well, there's no room for Tyson. I I think that you might be right, and I I think it's going to be really interesting to see moving forward. That brings us to another uh, um, defensive tackle. Who, in my opinion, is much more valuable. Gotta lock him up. And that is the 25-year-old defensive tackle, Avery Jones. Good old Arby's. Yeah, Arby Jones. (laughs) Who, over the last several years, has really proven to be one of the most underrated players in the NFL. Most people in Jacksonville don't know who this guy is, much less the whole NFL. He's a guy that can be a dominant tackle. You gotta try to re-sign him, but I have a bad feeling he's gonna get offered some money. It's, I mean, he's unrestricted. Yep. Don't let him get to the unrestricted market. Miss, I don't think we could match the money that some yeah. people would offer. Him. I don't think so the, either. The uh, the account I commented on earlier, Mister Joe Goodbury, raves about this guy. He's amazing. Says he should be starting over Roy Miller. I agree that he played better than Roy Miller played when he was starting. And he. And I, I guarantee you, he wants he wants him on the Bengals now. Well, so it's, yeah. it's him and this Gino Atkins gonna, on the same offense or defense. Line. Good luck for the rest of the AFC North. This guy happens. is good. 
Get him before he gets to the market. I, I agree. He's now, going to draw. Now, we're not going to be able to get to all of our uh, free agents here, but we'll we'll continue to cover a couple more of the important Just ones. Just a couple quick snippets. Uh, Brian Walters. Two. Actually, we'll talk about Brian Walters and Aurelius Ben at the same time. Because their re-signings or non-re-signings could to affect me, each other. To me, it's it's irrelevant. If you keep them, they're going to be cheap. If you don't, I'm not going to miss them. I say Brian Walters over Aurelius Ben. Oh, man. I would, I, like, I would love to keep both of them. Ben, 28. Walters, 29. Neither of them is about to, is about to run out of steam. Yeah. Walters is tough. He only provides return value in special teams. He does not provide coverage ben, value. Ben provides coverage value, blocking value in the offensive side, and obviously... Which is he guys, can receive the ball. And you can find that late in the draft. Though, yeah. So, so, so that, neither of them have to stay. I like both of them. Uh, but, again, neither of them have to stay. One of the more interesting ones, too, we've got is Denard Robinson. 26 years old. Former fifth-round pick out of Michigan. Uh, he's well-known by everyone, I'm sure. Uh, He's a running back for the Jags. He has offered some return value in the past. He's offered some coverage value. What do you do with Denard Robinson? Gone. You pack his bags and you send him on his way. Yeah. I think we're all in agreement there. There's Uh, there's plenty of other guys that can fill his... He's a square peg in a round hole. It's not necessary. Yeah, I'm with you. Now... The most important restricted free agent, in my opinion, is by far Peyton Thompson. Yeah. I don't believe any teams are going to be like, come knocking on his door trying to offer a ton of money where the Jaguars wouldn't be able to match. He's a 26-year-old free safety who was by far one of the Jaguars' best uh, special teams players in 2016. And pretty versatile. And Yeah, versatile. And he's a guy that I am not that scared if he has to go line up at free safety. Yeah. I'm really not. So he even played some nickel corner, I believe. Yeah, he's. I think he's a guy that you got to try to keep around as long as you can. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got we've got about eight minutes left here. <laughs> we'll get into a little bit of why we think Miles Garrett is the number one overall uh, prospect heading into the 2017 NFL Draft. Um, obviously, we're transitioning here from free agency to the draft. Now, I did a lot of studying on Miles Garrett this past week. What you don't need to see by studying Miles Garrett is the fact that he's six foot five, 270 pounds, and he's expected to run a 4-5 40-yard dash. That is insane. It's impressive that the, the, the equipment staff found a jersey that fit him. It's crazy. It's, he's an, a mountain of a man. Yeah, and that 6'5", 270, uh, there's probably like... 2% body fat, yeah, maybe. Put, he's put together. He's chiseled. Oh, he's sub goodness. 10% for sure. Now, why is he considered the number one overall pick? He's considered the number one overall pick because of everything we just said. And the 4-5-40, yeah, that's cute. No one gives a shit about that for defensive linemen. It really doesn't no, matter. it's the first 10 yards. Yeah. Right, and his first 10 yards are nasty. He's explosive as hell. He's got violent hands. He's got literally everything you look for in a top prospect at pass rusher, save a couple of things. He doesn't have a, an advanced repertoire of pass rushing moves yet. He doesn't need them right he now. He shows the ability 
to use certain moves at certain situations, but he doesn't regularly use multiple moves. He regularly either speed rushes or cuts inside on a guy. And there's no nuance. There's no setting a guy up, which in the NFL, you he'll have to learn that, oh, yeah. bottom line. Uh, more alarming to me than that, because to me that's not alarming at all. Yeah. The guy's a stud. He always is relying on his athleticism, which goes back to what we were just talking about with the uh, nuance of pass rushing skills. But the most alarming thing is that Miles Garrett does not play with maximum effort. Most plays. Yeah, no, I can see that. Um, I've watched at least five games of his. Every game you see it. Uh, he just isn't giving maximum effort. Is he not giving maximum effort because he's fatigued? We don't know. Is he not giving maximum effort because he's pissed off that uh, most teams are trying to run the ball away from his side? Or they got two tight ends lined up on his side. Just yeah, is he not there. giving the effort because he's double teamed? Is he not giving the effort because he knows he's about to get paid? you got to figure it out, uh, obviously. It's, it's a little alarming, but it's also like, You'll have to take the good with the bad and just roll with them because this is not a once-in-a-generational player, but as close to it as you can get. Yeah. It's he, a guy who knows how good he is. He compares favorably with every pass rush prospect to ever enter the NFL draft. Yeah. So, That's... It's, it's un... I mean, Jadavian Clowney has nothing on Miles Garrett, in my opinion. Yeah. No, I absolutely agree. Which is obviously the... Most highly touted guy you've seen come out in recent years. And Clowney had a hell of a year uh, for the Texans this year. Um, That's pretty much going to wrap it up for our show today. We've got a couple of housekeeping things to get into. Um, GenJag.com, we're really excited about what we've got going on with it. We're currently working on getting together a uh, seating section for Generation Jaguar in 2017. To where, if you want to join us where we're sitting for the uh, games, you can get your season tickets with us, or you can get them on a game-by-game basis. So stay tuned for that. That should be that should be up and announced in the next couple of weeks. We'll keep you keep you posted on that. And then we've also got our membership pre-sale that's now available. If you head to genjag.com. You can become a member of Generation Jaguar for the 2017 season. Um, and for the pre-sale, it's only $25. Now, once it goes live, uh, which will probably be in June, the memberships will go up to $40 for the season. So, why would you want to pay $25 for a Gen Jag membership? You get to eat and drink for free at every home game tailgate, which is hosted at the corner of Brian Adams. Yep. You get a free Jinjag t-shirt, member card, which gives you discounts at tons of local places, such as Metro Diner, where else do we got? Sports Mania, uh, Green Room Brewing, um, Burrito Gallery, Mellow Mushroom, all sorts of fun places that everybody likes. Uh, Then you also get um, the koozie and sticker. And you know, you get to make a lot of new friends. We have a hell of a time. I think we had about... 500 members in 2016 we're looking to grow that this year and we'd love to have anyone who's a big jaguar fan come out and hang out with us see what it's all about or a heck of a time i tell you 
Yeah, we get the beer from... Uh, chicken biscuits. Woo! Yeah, obviously. Our Metro Diner chicken biscuits are a huge <laughs> hit. We've got the spicy and the regular, usually. Um, and then the beer we get from Bold City Brewery, Green Room Brewing, Bricks Tap House. They're all our sponsors. Um, and then we get vodka from Jacksonville's first craft vodka company, Carve Vodka. Cheap. And they are awesome. Seven times distilled, they kill it. Uh, great guys over there. Shout out to you, Paul Gray. Um, so yeah, it's just a really good time. We have parties for every single Jaguar game. All the home games, again, we tailgate for at Brian and Adams and all the away games. You can join us at uh, Brick's Tap House where they do free cookouts and they have awesome uh, specials on Sundays. So like, I know you're listening to this. You're like, I'm in. How could I you am, not be? I'm ready. Free beer, <laughs> chicken biscuits, car vodka. Jaguar fans. Jaguar fans. Now, one last quick announcement. Tony Baselli, we will figure out whether he's made the 2017 Hall of Fame class this Saturday. I don't think it's likely. He's got a lot of support. But I think eventually he will get in, obviously, but I don't think it's likely for now. Again, you've been listening to the Gin Jag podcast. That's going to do it for us today. For Scott Klein and Hunter Evans, I'm Jordan DeLugo, and we've had a hell of a time having you here today. And make sure to leave us any comments or questions that you might have. And uh, feel free to send us a message if you have any uh, hate, animosity, or love for us. We, we got Either way. Skin. We, can bring, we can bring it. I don't. I'm very sensitive <laughs> and emotionally damaged. Well, thanks for hanging out with us. <laughs> have a good one. This is the story of the one. As head of maintenance at a concert hall, he knows the show must always go on. That's why he works behind the scenes, ensuring every light is working, the HVAC is humming, and his facility shines. With Granger's supplies and solutions for every challenge he faces, plus 24-7 customer support, his venue never misses a beat. Call quickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.